Big 12 is going south of the border, the Women's World Cup could break records, and the Jacksonville Jaguars have huge and very expensive plans for their stadium. It's Friday, June 9th. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. Between the Live Golf PGA Tour merger and Messi coming to the U.S., you might have missed the rest of the sports news this week, so let's dive in and get caught up. There are more good signs for the area of the sports world, which arguably has the biggest growth projections out there, which is women's soccer. FIFA announced yesterday that they have sold over 1 million tickets for the Women's World Cup and that they are on pace to beat the sales record for that tournament set in 2015. The Women's World Cup will take place in Australia and New Zealand and starts in just six weeks. The Big 12 is going to Mexico. The conference is too big for U.S. borders now and will start playing soccer, baseball, basketball, and football games in the country, including hopes for a bowl game in Monterey starting in 2026. The first event will be a set of men's and women's basketball games. Houston and Kansas will face off in December 2024 in Mexico City. They are also looking at baseball and soccer exhibition games against local teams. The Big 12 has multiple teams in Texas. There are rumors that they could bring in Arizona from the Pac-12, so Mexico is geographically close and a very large market to tap into. Heading east, the Jacksonville Jaguars revealed plans and renderings for their planned renovation of TIAA Field. Plans include quadrupling the size of the concourse, what they're calling a subtropical park entrance, and expanding the stadium's capacity from 62,000 to 71,500. You can find those renderings on the FOS Twitter feed, which I highly recommend following. The team is looking for up to $1 billion in public funding to make that happen. Staying in Florida, the Golf League, which is the league founded by Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy, which basically sounds like it will be the best players in the world playing top golf, where it's in a stadium and there will be all sorts of technology augmentation that to make things more challenging and exciting. That league, which starts in January, has its first team, or at least its first team owners. They are Serena Williams, Venus Williams, and Alexis Ohanian, who is Serena's husband and the co-founder of Reddit, among other things. The team is called Los Angeles Golf Club. That name might lead you to believe that they play in Los Angeles and maybe even have home games there and away games in other cities. I don't think that's the case. My understanding is that the actual golf will all be played at a custom-built stadium at Palm Beach State College in Florida, but apparently the golf league is following in the footsteps of Major League Pickleball in assigning cities to teams, even if the teams never actually play or practice or do anything in those cities, so that if you are from Los Angeles, you can have a natural affiliation with the Los Angeles team. I'm going to give them a B- on the name. I get the desire to keep things simple, but they're passing up an opportunity to do something more fun. Also, anyone who gets interested in this team and Googles Los Angeles Golf Club is just going to see a bunch of ads for golf clubs in Los Angeles. Up next, I spoke to one of the best players in WNBA history. Sue Bird is very much enjoying her retirement, but she also has some interesting media projects going on. We talked about all of that and got into a fun sports fan debate at the end. We'll have that conversation next. Okay, I am joined by four-time WNBA champion and recently retired um, WNBA star Sue Bird. Welcome, Sue. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. So you've recently retired. How are you enjoying life as a uh, as a retired basketball player? Um, I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. It's kind of nice. No, no regrets. No, you know, shoulda, coulda. Just, just really um, able to sit back 
think back to my career, know that I, I truly milked it. And now I just get to enjoy the rest of my life. Kind of nice. Yeah. I mean, you've got enough hardware. I feel like, you know, there, there isn't that like, oh, if only I had made it to like, you know, if only I'd gotten five gold medals or like, well, actually, you know. I have five. So maybe. Oh, yeah. So, so you do. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just looking at it. Four WNBA championships, five gold medals. All right. So lots to keep track of. Um, so you're retired, but you, it sounds like you're kind of busy. You've got Together, which is your, your media and commerce company with Alex Morgan and Chloe Kim and Simone Manuel, and A Touch More, which is your media production company with your wife, Megan Rapino. Uh, so what kind of stories are you trying to tell through through these companies? Yeah, um, well, the way Together kind of started was just, it was really Alex who kind of had this idea about like, you know, you, you look around and here we are as female athletes, and we all know that, you know, athlete, w- women's athletes gets like less than 5% of the media coverage. And you look at platforms like Uninterrupted, or, you know, something like a Players' Tribune, right? Where it's like athlete-driven, athlete-voice. And I think Alex kind of connected the dots between, wait a minute, like, why don't we start our own that's all about female athletes? And so that's what happened. That's what happened when the four founders got together. Um, and it's been going really well, just kind of been able to tell stories that you don't normally hear, right? Giving people, kind of taking that spotlight that we that the four of us have and, and sharing it and shining it on people that you don't normally hear about. And that kind of segues nicely into A Touch More, which is obviously um, the production company that that me and Megan have started. And it's kind of underneath the Together umbrella. Um, it's not that much different, but but I think for for me and Megan, in our conversations just with, our ch- with, just with each other, we always were left with this question of like, wait, why do we do it this way? Or like, why has it been done that way? So I think we do want to kind of have that same bent around sharing that spotlight, shining that light on people who normally don't get it, but also kind of like questioning some things. And have you um, come to some conclusions beyond just, yeah, shining that spotlight on people who don't usually get it? Um, are there other elements to the storytelling to how that's all presented that that you've come around to uh, since you've gotten started here? Um, honestly, I think if I were to talk about together for a second, what's been really kind of um, just just cool. <laughs> it's been really cool about how the company has kind of just evolved. I think it's just naturally built its own identity and naturally built its own fan base and the connections between the people who follow together, um, the stories we've told, but then the stories that they want to hear more of. It's been, it's been really cool to see it take on, this is the best way of explaining it, seeing it take on a life of its own, right? Like finding its own identity. You kind of start something and you think it might be one thing, or maybe you're trying to make it one thing, but when it just take it takes its own natural path, you just see it's 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 going to be, I don't know, it's just going to be better. It's just going to be more authentic, and it's going to be better. And that's really what we've seen with together. Yeah, and I feel like sports media is moving that direction. Like you know, if you go back, I don't know, twenty years or so, it was more just like you kind of knew it to expect. Like you got your post game interviews, your sort of like standard athlete profiles. And now people through social media, through Netflix shows, through whatever else, through things like Together, are interested in getting that inside look, you know, maybe going to their living room, like maybe like following them around, seeing them at their less flattering moments or just their more personal moments doesn't have to be less flattering. But uh, but yeah, I feel like that is is a trend and, and a lot of it is athlete. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I think of, um, you know, a touch more is still, even though we did announce like months ago we, and we do have one project under our belt, we're still very much like we haven't, we don't have anything out yet. 
aside from the first 30 for 30 podcast that we, that we kind of did. Um, but when it comes to together and the projects together put out, you, you make a good point. It's like, you know, I think of Flage Johnson, the, she was just a freshman at LSU. She has a rap career, you know, she, she already is so talented in kind of that lane, but then she's also this basketball player who just won a national championship and together actually has this, um, has this, um, storytelling called Phenom and Flage was one of the people that they covered. And you always hear about a male athlete. If there was a male athlete who was a top recruit going into college, who also was a rapper, you would have known what underwear he wears. You would have known what he had for breakfast. You would have known everything about him. But on the women's side, you just don't get that coverage. And that's where Together has really come in and really filled a lot of those holes, a lot of those gaps. And Flage is a great example. They do have another segment where they kind of, it's more, it's called More Than a Name. And they cover athletes who, you know, maybe have a family member or somebody who I know the one I can think of is Maya Brady, Tom Brady's her uncle. Right. But she's, she's, she's an amazing athlete in her own right. And it's just kind of interesting because again, like I said, these are stories that you would have heard if they were men, you would have heard them. Switching gears a little bit. Uh, the burden Tarasi show you're everyone gets compared to the Manning cast, but like your, you know, Manning cast esque show uh, that you had during March madness uh, that got, you know, people I think really responded to that. You had like a fun rapport um, with Diana. Uh, is that something that you're interested in doing more of? Yeah. Um, really interested. I think, it's something that I've always wanted to do, right? I've always thought like, oh, how interesting would it be to take, you know, two athletes, um, two high level athletes with a, a ton of experience and success who are really good friends. I mean, we're like best friends. So that, that report you're talking about, like that's just there, you know, it's not, it's not contrived. You don't have to force it. It's just there. And just like plop them in front of a basketball game and let them talk and see what happens. I, I think, that's something. And then when the Manning cast came out, I was like, this, like, this is perfect. Um, so to be able to actually do it is really fun. I hope we continue to do it. I hope it, it grows. Um, and, you know, as you know, I'm, I'm here on behalf of Corona because we have a finer recliner coming out. And now I'm like, wait a minute, do I need a finer recliner for the Bird and Tarasi show? <laughs> there you go. You're right. right. Yeah. Um, hopefully they're gifting you yeah. one. But um, yeah, it's the most painful thing in the world when people try to um, just artificially create that like friendly rapport of like, we're buddies. Like, of course, yeah. No, yeah, it already exists. I mean, similar, really, the Manning cast, obvious. It's an, it's an obvious. Yeah, they're brothers. Yeah. Right. And they have their own, right? It's like things that are unspoken and you get to, yeah, everybody who watches, the viewer gets to feel like they're sitting on the couch with you as well. And that's what's really fun about it. Yeah. And just on the Corona piece, how did you link up with them? Yeah, Corona and I have been partners now for, for the last couple of years. Um, and it's just, a, you know, of course, when you do a brand, you know, partnership, sponsorship, um, there's quote unquote work to be done. And, you know, you're, you're trying to, you know, get a message out. Um, sometimes that comes in the form of commercials or things like that. But here's like a really fun, unique way um, to connect with with the fan base, connect with consumers. Um, for me, because I'm retired, the idea was to do a finer recliner because Sue's just chilling now. But she needs a place. She needs a place for her Coronas. She needs a place for her speaker, and it's all built in into this into this recliner. And it's a a fun way for somebody who does win to to sit back and watch a game. Yeah, very nice. All right, I want to do a, a quick lightning round of just totally random questions. Uh, so here we go. Favorite movie? All time. Yeah. Sheesh. Um, Good Will Hunting. 
All right. A band or artist that you are always happy to listen to works in any context. Uh, oh, any context? Um, Frank Ocean. Place you have never been to that you would like to go? Ooh, um, Bali. Uh, again, it's kind of keeping with the final recliner theme almost. Yeah. With that. Uh, and last one, biggest sports fan dispute you have with your wife? <laughs> um, sometimes we do. Well, let me think. We have a lot. Um, okay. <laughs> you can give me like a top well, three or whatever. Well, we, we, we've gone really hard on this one. Um, who's faster in, we'll do, we do like, you know, like a hundred yard dash. Who's uh-huh. faster? Someone like, like a LeBron James or like offensive line, not as big as an offensive lineman, but like a bigger or messy. Mm. Basically LeBron or Messi. Who's faster? Who's faster in a 40? Who's faster in a hundred? Who's faster in 200? I think it's messy. I mean, LeBron is like, from like the waist up, he's like, you know, an incredible human being, but you watch highlights of Messi. He's just like zooming around. I'm like, Messi 10 years ago. I don't know about Messi now. He's still fast, but. But in a 40, I think it's LeBron. Ugh. All right. Yeah. Okay. I, I can see like maybe runs, LeBron. He runs the fastest 40s. Those big guys. Yeah. Huh. Fair. Interesting. All right. Know, right. All right. Now I gave us something to think about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Super. Thanks so much for joining us on the show. Yeah. No problem. Thanks for having me. That's it for today. I want your thoughts on the Messi versus LeBron question, which again is at their peaks, who would run a faster 40 yard dash? I'm sticking with Messi because if you watch highlights from his career, the thing that jumps out to me is that he is a lot faster than everyone else around him. Let me know who you're taking there by sending us an email at today at frontofficesports.com or say hi on Twitter. I'm at Owen Poindexter. Also, speaking of highlights, go check out Ellie De La Cruz's first MLB home run. He is already a monster. Game four of the NBA Finals is tonight. Subscribe here if you haven't already. We have great interviews and much more coming up. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. We will see you Monday.